So I was 12 years old when my home church decided to do a children's-led Sunday worship service. A child was going to be the liturgist. Children would sing, including the children's choir. And a child was going to give the message that evening. So I had the honor to be the child selected to give the message that evening. And the preparation was a long one. My grandfather, late preacher of the time, prepared the outline of the message and every day made me recite the message in preparation of delivering it at the worship service. So the night came, and that time Sunday worship services were at 7 p.m. at my home church, and the children's ministry led the service. It was my moment. I got on the pulpit. I delivered the message. Pray for the people after the message. All in five to six minutes. Now, the outline my grandfather prepared was for 15 minutes. So imagine how he felt. <laughs> I was nervous. I was scared. I was excited, too. My mom has this picture. I think she still have it. I wore my jacket, and I had a Flintstones tie <laughs> with my Bible. <laughs> My big glasses at the time, I used to wear glasses, thank God for laser surgery. But that moment sparked something in the life of the church. That experience sparked for people to recognize that children had spiritual gifts. It sparked for people to guide me to acknowledge the gifts God put in my life and help me develop them. You see, we all have spiritual gifts, but there may be times when we wonder what they are or how we can use them. The church was essential in my life to discover those gifts and to use them for the common good of the community. Now, do you ever think of the church as community? See, we come together every week. Well, most weeks anyway. We study the Bible together. We pray and sing together. We break bread together. We celebrate life together. So we are a community. And in the passage that we just read this morning, Paul was dealing with a problem. He was writing to the church at Corinth a church which he established, a church that he loved, but a church that had many problems. So Paul wrote letters to them, guiding them, getting them on the right path again. Now one of their problems was their ego and spiritual pride. Each of the Christians had different gifts, different talents, and some of them were acting as if they were more important than the other because of their gifts. The gift that seemed to be giving them the greatest problem was speaking in tongues. Now, why was that? You see, shortly after Jesus' resurrection, Jews from all over the world gather in Jerusalem for the day of Pentecost. 
the great Jewish holy day. And on that day, the apostle Peter became a street preacher and preached to the great crowd about Jesus. And there were two strange things about Peter's sermon. First of all, all the people listened. And the second strange thing was that all the people from many different nations all heard Peter's sermon in their own language. It was a little bit like the United Nations where one person can speak in English and another can listen on headphones to an almost simultaneous translation into their language. Except that Peter had no electronic apparatus and no translators. So God had worked a miracle. And everyone heard in their own language. And that was the first instance of speaking in tongues. And in the early church, other people also spoke in tongues. Sometimes people could understand them. Sometimes their language was gibberish. But they were proud that they could speak in tongues. And tended to think that anyone who could not do so was as good as they. So Paul was writing to attend this issue. Paul said in that letter that every Christian has his or her own gifts. Some prophets, some were teachers, some spoke in tongues, some had other gifts. He said that all these gifts are important to the body. They are to build up the community. And that each gift is important to the community. So therefore, we should treasure each other's gift. If our gift is teaching, we should be glad that someone else has the gift of music. Or the gift of administration. Or preaching. Or speaking in tongues. And verse 6 and 7 are key to this passage. They emphasize that it's the same God who not only gives us all the different spiritual gifts, but also activates them in us. See, all people have skills, talents, and passions that can be used in a variety of ways to enrich their families, their personal lives, for profit or gain. And we may not even recognize they can be spiritual gifts. However, when the Spirit of God activate these gifts, we can use them for the common good. We do not all have the same gifts. The Spirit has given each of us a gift according to God's wisdom. But put them all together. You have a church. There can be unity in diversity. And in fact, that is exactly how God works. And remember that service I mentioned at the beginning of this message? Children putting their gifts for the common good of the community to praise God. Adults guiding kids and youth to discover their spiritual gifts. And adults rediscovering their gifts and discovering new ones. All for the common good of the community. So when we bring together our diverse and varied gifts, our unique and individual personalities and pile them up all together in the same place, we make community. We make the church. And in that community, 
We are united together for one common purpose. In this case, to worship and serve God. Now, sometimes we may feel that certain people are more spiritually gifted than others and that there is one way of serving the church and the world. We may be afraid to be vulnerable, fear rejection, or fear we are not good enough. But as 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12 illustrates through the metaphor of a body with many parts, we are all gifted in different ways. And each gift is equally necessary to the church's functioning and its mission in the world. It is the same spirit who gives these gifts to each of us and unites us together. Through the power of the Spirit and our baptism, we are all affirmed. So the church not only has a variety of gifts, but a variety of styles. We like different things. We see the world differently because we are diverse. It is Christ who holds us together. Christ and Christ alone holds us together in a common purpose of worship and ministry. Now, this passage precedes 1 Corinthians 13. You know, that famous passage about love that is often read at weddings. Now, in the context of today's reading, we can see that the love passage is less about romantic love and more about what really matters in our relationships with God, each other, and the world. So we can think about 1 Corinthians 13 as instructions for how people with different spiritual gifts can be in relationship and work together. Our differences, even the good ones, can tempt us to think that our way is better or can cause us to be impatient in working together. But if we embody love through patience, kindness, humility, and hope, we can work together using our diverse spiritual gifts for the common good. You see, it is love that calls us to give up competing with each other. Love calls us to accept our diversity, to know and profit from each other's gifts. Love calls us to talk with each other when we disagree and to listen when we are disagreed with. Sometimes it calls us to compromise for the good of the other. So think about your passions and talents. Think about how these might be spiritual gifts and how they might be activated for the common good. And maybe you like baking. Like I know some of you do. And we saw a couple of weeks ago how that gift came together for the common good of the community. Cookies and muffins and breads and brownies. Prepare with love for a bake sale to help the church's funds. Maybe you like knitting. And you take time to prepare prayer shawls for others. Maybe you love to cook, and you can cook meals for those in need 
and serve others while doing something you love. Maybe you like singing. You can join the choir. Maybe you can pray for others. You see, we are the church, one body, and all with spiritual gifts and talents that we use together for the common good. We rejoice together over each other's gifts because we all have gifts. And God has given each of us a gift if we will only look for it and use it. Even if our only gift is being an encourager, that is a great gift. Who among us cannot be an encourager? And it isn't just using our gift that is important. It is using them for God. It is using it for the blessing of other people. When you drive a car, for example, the speed with which you drive is less important than the direction you go. So it is with our gifts. Don't just use your gifts. Use them for God. We are here to use those gifts to worship God, to love God, and to serve each other. Because God called us together with all our diversity so that we can see beyond the horizon. So that we can get a glimpse of eternity. Now to close this message this morning, I want to quote Eleanor Powell. What we are is God's gifts to us. What we become is our gift to God. So today, my invitation for you is to make a commitment to give your life and your gifts to God. Use your gift for his work and his kingdom. Ask his blessing on your gifts. Ask yourself. What would it look like in our community if we go all in with our gifts and to encourage one another in those gifts? Sometimes we are content to do church on Sunday morning and forget about it the rest of the week. So how might we use our gifts to go all in for God? May God bless us. And his spirit activates those gifts in us to bless others. Amen.